Welcome to Save Six Figures with Gina Knox, the podcast where I coach you on how to save $100,000 by optimizing your cash flow. Hello, savers, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, I have my client, Andrea Ramos, with me today. She is also a money coach. And we're going to talk about her experience in Six Figure Saver. We're going to probably nerd out a little bit, to be honest. Um, But before we go in, Andrea, introduce yourself, tell the people what you do, who you serve, all the things. Yeah. Hi, my name is Andrea. I am a money coach for first-gen women of color. I specifically help um, super savers, which are women who love to save and they don't really know what to do beyond that. And um, yeah, I am excited to be here. It's like we have opposite clients (laughs) I'm like y'all we can save we can do it and you're like stop saving so much for the love of god (laughs) it's so perfect it's a perfect match um and you used to be a super saver yourself right yeah yeah for sure that was my kind of start to my money journey I felt like I was like oh I, I need to save like I can't not Um, so that's how it started. And then I evolved into like, wait, what else can you do with money? Um, can we spend it? Should we grow it? (laughs) All of that. Spoiler alert. The answer is yes. Um, (laughs) (laughs) amazing. Okay. So you, you're a money coach. And I think like the first glaringly obvious question that people have is, since you joined Six Figure Saver, which is a saving program too. And you're already a super saver or a recovering super saver. I guess the the first glaring question is why did a money coach join Six Figure Saver? Yeah. So I think I joined around the summer. You were, I remember I DM'd you. I was like, you're making it look like a party. It is a party. (laughs) And you were like, you're welcome to join. And at this point I like had never even considered if I could, cause I was like, Oh, like I'm a money coach. I don't know how you feel about another money coach being in your program. And you're like, yeah, you're welcome. And I was like, could I join? So that's when I was starting to actually even give myself permission to like, see if I could join. But the biggest reason for me was I knew that I wanted to leave my nine to five. And up until that point I had like managed money with my paycheck, my biweekly paychecks. And so I wanted to be in a room or a space where money was talked about, not from a very, like every two weeks we get paid this amount, but like, Hey, revenue was at this level. And then next month it's here. And so I was very curious to like actually see and hear those conversations. And so for me, I saw a lot of value in being in a room of like entrepreneurs managing money. Cause I'm like, I'm sure the conversations are much different. (laughs) So that was the biggest thing, um, that attracted me to joining. I also felt like there was never really a space for me to process my like own money mindset or my money, um, you know, like just the things that I'm learning with money because everybody sees you as like the expert and, and you are like, there are definitely areas where I'm like, yeah, I feel very confident this or doing in this, in this area. But I was like, where can I keep growing with my money (laughs) and my money mindset? Um, so I think those two things really, um, yeah, just made me feel like I want to be in this community. I want to be a part of a money coaching program. Yeah. I think that point of like, it is very different, regardless of your skill level with money, it's very different to go from a very consistent biweekly paycheck 
to go to just the the ups and downs of our money in business because as entrepreneurs, we're making a different amount of money every month and we're also spending a different amount of money every month. And it's not like, that's not the problem. That's not something to solve. That's just something to work with. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious, like you, you had your nine to five for quite a while and you recently just quit. You've congratulations. Very, very (laughs) excited for you. Um, And I'm just curious, like how has, how was being in six figure saver for the kind of year before you quit helpful in making that transition to full-time entrepreneurship, no more bi-weekly paycheck. Just, I would love to hear your experience in that. Yeah. So it was helpful in that, like it normalized revenue fluctuating. And so I feel like the first sort of like six months was like, oh, this is normal. Like, like the conversations, the coaching makes sense. Like, I wonder how I would navigate this. And then I would see people get coached and then they'd go out and make money. And so it was just like, oh, okay. Like it's normal to like, you know, like ride the ups and downs of this. So that was super helpful. And then you did this skyscraper analogy. Um, it was like a staircase versus a skyscraper. Let's, let's explain that real quick, shall we? <laughs> The whole idea is um, we can come at saving, especially in business with a staircase mentality of like, I'm going to walk up the staircase and every month I'm going to take a step and I'm going to build my accounts and I'm going to get to the top and I'm going to save hundred K or 10 K or whatever my goal is. And like, that's so cute. It's so nice in theory. It makes so much (laughs) sense. Oh, it's so comfortable. And it's, I always tell people, I'm like, that's just a fantasy. It's just not going to happen that way. Uh, when you're an entrepreneur, it, it doesn't look like a staircase. It looks like the outline of a city skyline. Like there's ups, there's skyscrapers, there's like space between buildings that's up and down. And, um, when you think it should be a staircase and then it turns out to be a city skyline, it can feel very disorienting. So anyways, little side note to explain to our listeners, what was your experience of, of that analogy? So that was like, for me, it just like created so much like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Of course, it's not going to always be a staircase. And it also gave me like the freedom of if there is two months where like there is no savings, it doesn't mean that like a big building isn't like about to come. So that was like very comforting because I was like, okay, it just works differently. It's not worse. It's not bad. It's just different. And so that was super helpful. Um, and then the, the next sort of like big milestone that I had was remember, I don't know if you remember coaching me on like double bookkeeping. (laughs) I don't remember. I feel like I remember most of your coaching, but I don't remember this. Jog my memory. I was like bookkeeping on a spreadsheet and then bookkeeping on YNAB and and oh, it was, yeah, I do remember this. <laughs> I I came in for mindset and to be in conversation. So, and not that I didn't like value the strategy, but I was like, yeah, good. Like I, I know I got a handle on this and then I was double bookkeeping and you were like, why are you doing that? And I was like, because I need to like know the numbers. And you were like, why don't you just trust the process or like trust the method? And I was like, oh, that would require. And I remember to- for you, it was like, you wanted to know down to like the penny. Mm-hmm. What and that's very wine abby. And 
for those listening, YNAB is you need a budget. It's a very powerful budgeting software. I love YNAB. YNAB's great. But you were like really needing that to yeah. the penny accuracy. And I was like, Andrea, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I think I was, it was my first time where I was like, if I let go of knowing every detail, am I going to feel safe? Like it was a safety thing. Can I do this and still feel safe? And then I was like, okay, let me watch the module on like the buffer system and like the trigger number and the, uh, seal, I don't know, trigger and ceiling buffer, buffer and trigger. Yeah. And so, um, so I was like, oh my gosh, like, what would it be to like, just implement, like just run it off these two numbers. And so I just tried it and I got less anxious (laughs) and I was like, like, I don't really understand all the details, but what I do know is my owner's pay is covered or like what that point, what I was saving is covered. My expenses are covered, my taxes uncovered, and I'm growing my savings. And I'm like, do I need to know all the details or is like moving in the right direction enough and me liking my pace at which I'm doing it enough. And so that was also super valuable in that, like, I was just doing too much. And I think it it comes from now I'm realizing like whenever I like lean towards like, let's get nitty gritty with the numbers and focus on saving $15. I'm like, oh, you're just probably scared right now. What are you scared about? And yeah. so it like, it helped me just see patterns in where I lean towards in money and um, what, what I need to be intentional about. And I think it was just like a great, like, letting go and knowing less for someone like me, even who's like loves knowledge and information and data can actually be a good thing. I don't know if I said this to you at the time, but I'm, I would say it, I'm saying it to you now. (laughs) It's like the letting go of the YNAB, letting go of the knowing down to the penny, exactly what's happening over the next 30 days doesn't make you, doesn't mean you're going to be like overnight bad at money again. Like you still have all your skills. You're just leaning into a new way of managing money as an entrepreneur. And like, it's almost like to, to your point about feeling afraid, if we just follow your fear for a moment, like the worst case scenario is that all of a sudden you suck at money and you blow it up and you spend all your savings and you're super irresponsible. And I'm like, Andrea, that's not going to (laughs) happen. It's just like, you're never going to let that happen. So there's a little bit of like leaning into the trust in your own ability of managing your money and how good you are at that. Yeah. While trying something new. Mm -hmm. And I think it like, I I think you said this before, like money and food have a lot of parallels. I got so much. And so around the same time, I think I was also practicing intuitive eating. And so there was a part of me that's like, what if I just intuitively know the rhythm of my money and I don't need these details? You can use them every so often to kind of like recalibrate or like, you know, get more information. But like, can I just trust that I intuitively know the flow and the rhythm. Um, so that was helpful. Just kind of even pairing those two at that time. And how's it been going? It's been great. I don't, I don't double bookkeep anymore. <laughs> I do it once a month for like 20 minutes and I try to even like, uh, automate streamline that process as possible as much as possible. And yeah, I make sure 
it's just so simple. Like this is covered. Here's what I need. Here's my owner's pay. I'm working on my working capital. Here's my, so it just like feels so much cleaner. Um, and I'm getting like, I'm continuing to save, like I'm continuing to, to like make sure things are organized. So I didn't need the double bookkeeping after you didn't need, it. You didn't need down to the penny. <laughs> <laughs> and to the point that I said in that coaching call, it's coming back to me. It's like, what could you be doing with the time that you're double bookkeeping? Like you are full-time now. And I don't know if you were full-time at that point, but now you are. And it's like, I, I really think about business in two kind of ways. We have two vital resources in our business. The first one is our time. We have a finite amount of time and we know, like, we know when we're wasting it, right? We know when we're like checking the email too many times and like twiddling around and like going, checking Instagram a lot and scrolling. We know when we're wasting time and we know when we're investing our time well, but your money is also a resource in your business. It's also a finite resource. You have a certain amount of money at any given moment. And when you invest it well versus when you waste the budget and you don't get an ROI in your business, it is a, it's like the same idea as time. I'm curious as someone who used to be a super saver, how moving into entrepreneurship where we spend money to make money, spending money is a part of the process, how that has been for you. Yeah. So I think it was, I started kind of letting go of like, we must save, like we just have to maintain our savings growing at all times. I think my first year of entrepreneurship, the first investment I made, I think was like pivotal. Um, but I think going into like full-time entrepreneurship, learning about scaling, understanding like your concept, like the squeeze, I'm like, oh, okay. So it's not that it's like, it's not bad to invest. Like it's not even like wrong to do it using different tools like debt or like, you know, just leveraging your options. It I think has expanded me more towards like, it's not even, uh, how do I articulate this? It's, it's more about your confidence using the tools and feeling really good about your decisions to get returns on your investments? And can you manage your mind during the circumstance of, oh, I had to leverage a, a credit card. And so my circumstances are this, but I I'm holding vision and belief for what I can do. And I'm like, oh, so that's not even a money thing. That's like a self-trust identity thing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been like very very helpful to like detach, like, like just the money. There's like the money part of it, which is actually just like, okay, here's the data. Here's the interest rate. Like it, it just can be neutral. And then it's your thoughts about yourself, holding those tools, making those moves. That is like, so interesting to now. So now I'm seeing, like, I'm seeing people scale. I'm hearing you're like coaching on it with other people in the program that I'm like, oh man, like what if I just work on like the belief, the identity so that when my time comes, like I just am more rooted in that and it makes it easier. Now, I also know that like, if you do have a big balance, there is gonna be like just nervousness, your nervous system reacting to that. And like, again, how do you 
just are kind to yourself in the process. And I think we all have like a threshold for where we start to get nervous, right? Like, and everyone's number is different. Like I'm, I, I racked up about $45,000 of business debt in Q1 of this year. And I didn't, that wasn't nerve wracking at all. I paid it off in May while I was in line for TSA at an airport. And it was like very unbothered. So to me, I'm still like under my, that's telling me, oh, I'm still under my threshold. That doesn't mean I don't have a threshold. Yeah. (laughs) Cause like if I were sitting on 200 grand of debt, okay, that's on my, I, cause I've never done that before. Right. So I'm like, that's a little bit, that's starting to get to my ceiling of where I start getting nervous. And so I think that there's something about honoring, like, it's not cause oh, that person's better at managing their mind than me or whatever. It's like, oh, we yeah. just all have like, we're all slowly increasing our thresholds for how much we can hold. Mm-hmm. And that applies to debt, like how much debt you can have without freaking out. But it also applies to savings, to investing. Like I see people all the time. I'm sure you do too. I'm sure you do with investing, maybe not with saving, <laughs> where they physically get uncomfortable having a lot of money in their accounts. They're like, this is too much. They've reached their capacity. And it's like, oh yeah, that's, it's not that anything went wrong. It's just, we need to work on your capacity. Yeah. So we all have different levels of it. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause when you think about, yeah, I I didn't think about it like that, but like, there's like, it's, I feel like money is so fascinating. (laughs) I know. (laughs) There's a capacity for a lot of different things like savings, debt, just even even how much you make. I, I was gonna like- say earning. Yeah. <laughs> there we all have a capacity for how much we think we can earn. And we have to push that over time. Yeah. Speaking of like mindset and earning and all the things, um, I remember you specifically last year in December, we hosted the Money Making Mindset Challenge, which was a challenge where we coached every single day on whatever like blocking or what we call money blocking thoughts or limiting beliefs you had about your ability to earn more. And I think we had set like a goal. What's your next income goal? And then what are all your thoughts that's preventing you from hitting that? And I remember you really participated in that. And when I told the group, I was thinking about cutting it. You were very vocal. (laughs) You were like, don't, don't do that. It was the best thing. (laughs) So um, let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about money mindset and the work that you've done in six figure saver with that. Yeah. So that has been one of the, like, I think biggest returns is just like having a place where I'm constantly sharpening my money mindset. And and just being around people's thoughts about money. Like, I remember you were like, yeah, I can control how much money I make. And I was like, okay, but like, break that down for me. What do you mean? <laughs> like, but okay, how? <laughs> and, and you were like, if I do nothing, I make no money, right? Like, I'm, if I just stop, like I'm control. And I'm like, okay, but like the other side. And then you're like that, like, that's a belief and a skill set of like, of you you know, believing that you do have control the other way, not just like, if I stop, I don't make anything. And it was the first time where I was like, what? I just, I mean, I'm hearing you. So like that, those kind of conversations were so valuable for me because it's like, I had a place to really un, like ask those questions, like be like, but, but explain it to me. How, what are you thinking? Um, so, and, and that, that happened quite a lot 
But I do remember during that time, uh, my goal was to like make uh, 10K in revenue in quarter four. And it was such a big goal for me. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it. This feels scary. And you're like, you're fine. You got it. And I was like, dude, she doesn't get it. She like, she's being so nonchalant about like, you got it. (laughs) Too unbothered. (laughs) I know. And I was like, okay, whatever. Like, let me just, you know, do the, and so you had like daily things to do. And I think what it was, and we're going to bring it back is it's um, called the, what do we call it? I forget. I have a word for it and it's gone. But what you do is you say like, if I believed I could make 10 K this quarter, what would I do today? And so then you make a to-do list based off of a belief you don't have yet. And we Mm -hmm. had you do that every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like crazy. It was also around that time. One of my reels went viral. And so I was like, it was just kind of like everything happened at like the, the, perfect time together. Um, and I remember I came back and I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm halfway there. And you were like, yeah, of course. And I was like, she's still not like so surprised like me. And then I like, I think it was like around the beginning of December, mid December that I like hit the goal. And I just like blew my mind. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, like, was this like my thoughts? Like, how did this, it was almost like I did the things and I was in the energy of like, we're going to make this happen. Like, this could be fun. Like, let's do it to, oh, it worked. It happened. Wait, how did that happen? And then your brain is like all confused about like, it is a little bit like when you do that for the first time, when you set a goal, you think is impossible. And then you like work on your mindset every day and then it works. It's a little bit like that, that, that couldn't have been it. That couldn't have been the thing I was missing the whole time. Right. Like it, I remember that for myself just being like, what? (laughs) Yeah. What just happened? And I think for me, what I'm realizing, and even this year, it's like solidified the belief and it's going to sound so basic. And so like, yeah, of course, Andrea, we've been telling you this for three years, but mm-hmm. I, I've, your thoughts really do like impact and create your results. And, uh, and I always am surprised when my belief or thoughts waver and my result goes different. And then when I adjust them and they readjust, I'm always like, wait, did that happen? Did that, does everybody see that? Like, I almost is like, (laughs) oh, I'm like more and more believing that sentence is true. Um, in my own ways, right? Like, I think sometimes I'm like, my thought impacts my results, my, you know, like the timeline of it all can sometimes get a little bit like, what is time? But I think it's just like even solidifying that belief in general and being in a space where I see other people's like even borrowing their like you I saw you get coached on this and now you did this because you worked on your mind okay it's it's just creating more and more evidence and they think that really really helped with like continuing to just believe okay it, it truly is this and if it truly is this I can control that if I can control that then possibly I can control how much money I make. <laughs> She got there. (laughs) No, it's true. And it's like, but it does take you going through it to really understand. I mean, even just like the whole, like, wait, my thoughts do create my results. Really? I mean, I remember, and I've talked about this before where 
when I first started learning about this stuff, when I first started learning about money mindset and getting coached on my money mindset, it was a very similar process to you. And I remember my constant thought, I had two. My first thought was I don't have enough leads. So I just, I don't have enough leads. So that's why I'm not making the sales I want to make. I don't have enough leads. And then the other thought I had was my, my community, they take like six to 12 months to convert. It takes them a long time to decide to work with me. So those are my two thoughts that I was operating out of. And because specifically with the leads one, because I thought I don't have enough leads, I went and I sought to solve that problem. So I was working on like, I need to make viral content. I need to, um, I need to like, I remember, I think a couple, this is so embarrassing. Ew, this is cringy. I think I like paid for one of those PR placements in a something, you know what I mean? It's like the top 10 coaches list. And it's like so dumb. Oh, <laughs> ah, don't do that. But I did that and I was trying to go viral and I was focusing on getting more leads. And I was making like how-to content and educational content. And I was like, I need to provide value so people share my posts so I get more leads. So what was my result? I got more followers and I didn't get more clients. And when my coach pointed that out to me, I was like, I mean, but I do need more leads. And she's like, how about this? What if you have enough leads? Like there's three people who are willing to buy right now. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I could believe that. I think I had like 3000 followers at the time. I'm like, there's three people out of that list of 3000 who are ready to work with me right now. So she's like, okay, so yeah, you need more leads. She's like, we'll solve that problem later. That's fine. She didn't try to disprove me, but she was like, but just for now, for the next 60 days, focus on the three people who are waiting to buy today. And I was like, okay, I'll do that. There's three people ready to buy today. There's three people ready to buy today. So what did I start doing? I started thinking about those three people. I started thinking about the questions they may have, what may be holding them back. I started creating sales content and I made more sales. And I'm like, God damn it. Like it really is as simple as like money mindset work is just your, your money mindset is making you focus on the wrong problem. So you're solving the wrong problems. So that's how your thoughts create your results. And when you like lay it out like that, it seems so obvious, but when you're in it, it's so hard to see for yourself. Yeah, (sighs) for sure. For sure. I think that like, even something that I'm working on now that you just said is entrepreneurs are just great problem solvers in every regard, marketing, sales, Mm -hmm. service, client results. Like we're just great problem solvers. And so I'm like, now, like, is my marketing good? am I a good marketer? And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, why don't, why don't you just focus on like, you're a great problem solver. I love that. (laughs) So I'm like, I can get behind that. I know I can solve problems. So it's almost just kind of like, kind of what you're saying, like redirecting to like, what is the actual thing you need to believe and focus on that will then like create the, or move the needle in the directions you want it to, to move. Something for you to also borrow that I've thought about a lot over the last 18 months, and that's going to be more of a recurring thought for me moving forward is not only am I a great problem solver, more importantly, I'm I'm so good at knowing what my problems are. Mm. 
right? That's like next level. <laughs> I know exactly what my problems are and I know which ones I need to solve first and I know which ones to deprioritize. Because I have a finite amount of time and money to solve problems. I can't be wasting my money and my time on problems. I like, this is what I used to do. I used to be like, oh, in two years, I'm going to have this problem. So let me solve it now. No, you're solving problems you don't even have yet. Solve the problem. There's plenty of problems right in front of you. (laughs) And those, when you solve the problems right in front of you, you make more money. When you solve the problems you don't even have yet, it's like, you're not in that problem. So you don't actually understand the problem fully. So you're solving it half-assed. Yeah. Yeah. That's been huge for me. And I'm really thinking about that, like scaling to a million next year. I'm like, I really need to get intimate with my problems because I can solve any of them, but I need to know which ones. Mm, Yeah. That's like the next sort of iteration. Yeah. Uh, I know that I can do this and I know that the order that I can do it in. Yeah. And sometimes I'll get it wrong too. And that's okay. (laughs) <laughs> but like we're not perfect it'll be a fluke I was just talking to someone about how like once you build the identity the circumstances almost kind of like don't matter meaning yeah. like I have a strong belief like I'm really good at math so if I can't solve a math problem I'm like this is strange this is weird and this it's is not it, it's not me it's the math <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah but with something that the belief is not as strong I'm like oh does this mean I'm not good at this thing does this mean Mm. this belief that and so now I'm like oh I I mean I can be in the delusion of like no I'm so good it's just this problem give me five more minutes um and I'm like it's just a matter of getting all of the money-making beliefs to that level and identity and what if that's just it (laughs) yeah and you'll always like if you want to keep growing your business which you don't have to Um, but if you do want to keep growing to the next level, you'll always be pushing the identity too. like the identity has to keep coming with you. Like I have a very strong, like I'm at, I'm like, there's, there's no way I wouldn't be able. I feel like I'm at like 400 K with my identity. I, there's no way I wouldn't be able to make 400 K forever now, but a million. I don't know. It's like, well, okay, we got to work on the identity to catch up. Mm. Um, so it like, you always have to take it with you. Um, your identity and you basically said it, but I'll like summarize your identity is the thoughts you think about yourself, regardless of your circumstances, which is just like, I'm really good at math. Even if I can't like the circumstances, I'm stuck (laughs) on a math problem, but my identity is I'm really good at math. Yeah. Regardless of the circumstance, which keeps you trying to figure it out. And then you figure it out and you're like, yeah, I told you. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Look, now I'm even better at math. <laughs> now I know how to solve this kind of problem too. Wow. I'm so amazing. <laughs> and yeah. And the same can go for your money-making mindset, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I could totally make 400 K now. Hmm. That's just like my new normal, my new, that's where my identity is. But now I got to push my identity past that. Yeah. But last year I would not have said that about 400 K. Oh my God. No. Last year I was like, I'm just trying. Like I'm, I was at a hundred K identity last year. Yeah. And that's so interesting because I, this year I was like, I have another quarter four goal and it's like four times my previous goal. And my previous goal felt like, Oh yeah, for like, I for sure. Am I going to, I'm going to get that. And so it's just like, you don't realize it at the time there's a saying that like, I, I don't even know, but it's something along how like 
days and weeks go by so fast, but then years are like, oh, wow, like you actually see the growth. And it's, it was the same kind of moment that I had of like, oh, wow, like every single month I was working on working on like, just I'm good at making money. I'm like, I'm good at what, you know? And now when I think a year back, I'm like my goal, my big goal last year is like a, oh yeah. Yeah. It's a no brainer now. Let's just, let's four exit. (laughs) Right. Because your identity has moved on because you did all that work last Q4 and you kept doing it throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk about, um, before we wrap up, you re-signed into Six Figure Savers. So we, um, Six Figure Savers is a 12-month program. At the end of your 12 months, you're invited to join us for another 12 months if you'd like. And you decided to rejoin. And I'm curious why, how you made that decision. Um, really, yeah. How did you go about making that decision to resign? Yeah. So I think it was again around the summer. Um, and I started getting the emails and I was like, okay, am I going to resign? I started just looking back at like, okay, what did I get from this program? And I didn't like journal anything. I was just kind of me thinking through it, but I was like, I, I remembered like four or five coaching, like coaching that we had that really, really helped me. And I was like, those things like really helped my mindset. It really helped me like with my money management for my business. And so I already was like, that was valuable. Now, then I was like, did that translate into like revenue? And I was like, yes, it did. It was this client, this client, this client, that conversation allowed me to do this. Like, and so then I was like, okay, there was like value I saw just in my mindset. And then there was like revenue that came from that. And I was like, okay, this was like a return, like this investment made a return. And I like really enjoyed the process of this. And so then I was like, okay, but do I want to do that again? Like, is it, so you kind of just are like, do we need to repeat it? Is, was like, absolutely. You really are thinking about it. And I think I was like in a place where I was like, just trust what's working. Like if it was working, keep doing it. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, I did it. I'm done complete. And I'm like, but is, am I actually done? Like I'm never, you're never really done. Right. Um, and so, so I think that was my thought process and just like, I don't know, I think I just really value growing in like my mindset, being in communities with people doing big things, like hearing people get coached and then like, they like, you know, have to either deal with like, Oh, I tried and I'm disappointed. And I'm, I have to like process my disappointment. That's so valuable to see, but then also seeing people like, Oh my gosh, I blew my mind. So I don't know. I just like, I don't have. I mean, I have a, I have like, I'm in part of coaching communities and you see that, but when it's centered around talking about money, I think it's different. And yeah, I just saw a lot of value in it. So I saw a lot of like community value, growth value, like return on investment monetarily. So I think all of those things was like, okay, let's do it again. That's how I think about resigns too, is a very similar process. Like I think about, well, how did it go? (laughs) Right. Generally, how did it go? I think like, do I still, regardless if I got the result, do I still have the problem that this program is solving for me? And if I continued in it, would it be beneficial in that? So I'll give you an example. I'm in uh, a launching mastermind and the the promise is like a hundred K launch, a six figure launch, which is like a big thing, right? Huge. 
And I, I did it in the first round. So I could have said, okay, I'm done. Like I learned the skill and I got the result, but I'm like, but I want, I want the next one. <laughs> like, and then I, I did it with one of my offers, but not the other. So I'm going to keep working because to your thought, I love your thought. Like, I'm just going to trust what's working. I'm just going to also keep doing what's working. And um, I'm not sure about you, but I definitely feel this way with my coaches. Like I really value a long-term relationship. I'm like, wow, I love working with my coaches over and over again because they have so much historical context. They know who I am, right? They like know more about me. So valuable. That's like, you can't buy that. That takes time. Yeah. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so important. So important. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, if you're okay with me sharing, I can also cut this out if you'd like, if you're okay with me sharing, you not only got money mindset results, you've also, I'm looking at your numbers. You've submitted $60,534 and 28 cents <laughs> of savings wins. That's insane. And of course, that's not like your balance may look different than that right now, but what's your comment? What's your comment on that, Andrea? So it's like, it's so crazy to see, yeah, see that number um, because it like, I don't know, it just, I, I already knew I was a saver. So I already knew, like I had the identity, right. but a hundred thousand saved to me was like, first I was like, is that, is that okay? And the more that I like saw business scaling, I'm like, oh no, this is actually like a really great milestone. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so I think for me, it's just like growing in that, like continuing to grow in that saving identity of like, Hey, not like an emergency, fully funded emergency fund. Great. Awesome. But because you're an entrepreneur, because you have like, these are your circumstances, this has to look different for these reasons. Here are the reasons. And then like, here's the growth and like the value of like chasing kind of not chasing, but like pursuing this like new milestone. So for me, I actually didn't start like consistently submitting my savings goals or, or contributions until I want to say eight months in. Um, and then when I started doing that, I think I took the approach of like, like, yeah, I'm a, like a personal finance saver, but like now I'm working on identity of like, no, I save to scale. I save to, to spend, I save to reinvest. And so that made me more like, okay, what, what did I say this month? Like, let me submit it. Um, so it was, it's just been really great to, to have that as like a, and whenever I submit, I get back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I crossed 50. Oh my gosh. I crossed, you know? And so it just makes it fun. <laughs> it's so fun. I love those little emails. I wish I, I don't submit my own savings wins, but every time <laughs> I, I follow the cash flow waterfall that we teach in six figure saver. And every time I move money to working capital, I'm like, Ooh. I'm like, I kind of want to know, I want the email. <laughs> I want to see how much I've submitted. It is but a fun it, little dopamine hit. <laughs> I, it is. It would mess up all our data. So I can't like, I'm like doing it for the data. <laughs> Maybe I'll start a separate one for me so I can track it because <laughs> it's so fun. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for coming and talking to us today. Um, before we part, any 
any words of wisdom, any words of advice for people who may be considering joining Six Figure Saver in this last round before we close for the year? Um, any advice for how to, like someone who may be on the fence, how they might make that decision either way in a way that feels really good for them? Yeah. So I think just for me, the way that I make investing decisions, obviously you're going to think about like the return and and all of that, but there is an intuitiveness in your body that typically always knows like your growth. And we always try to kind of like shush that voice because fear can get in the way. And, and this is like a very personal, you have to gauge like your capacity and like really kind of like root yourself in like, okay, I'm truly doing this for these reasons. And I like my reasons. So I think if you're in that place, um, it's never going to be easy to walk with the fear. Um, but there's so much wisdom in your intuitive knowing and like, it's just worth listening to. So that's like the, like, Hey, and this is like, it can be scary. There's compassion and like, like you, you're, you're, you know, your growth, everybody knows their growth. Um, on the practical logistical return on investment side, you have 12 months. Like it, it's just like, you will make a return on this investment, like at minimum, like you'll make your money back, but like, I'm like, you're, you're going to make more, <laughs> you're going to save more. Um, but then the skill of saving in general, like the, I, there is no really quantifying, like how much that will create for you long-term. So it's like a, like this will impact your like years to come. So so just kind of know from like a, hey, I see you, this could be scary, like know your growth, be kind to yourself, walk that out. And like on this side, like the return, it's just, you're going to see it and you're going to benefit it from it long-term. I love that answer. Thank you for sharing that. Cause I, I feel that too. Like the, I know when it's a yes and I know when it's a no. And like, whenever I've gone against my intuition, I'm always like, mm, shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I knew I, I kind of knew. So thank you so much for sharing that. Um, Andrea, where can the people find you? Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at, at building.gen.wealth. Um, I share a lot of content on investing, growing your money, um, spending, like just kind of the, uh, like after saving, cause my clients are super savers. Um, yeah. So if you're interested in like any of that, come join. You also have a podcast, right? I do have a podcast. Let's plug it. <laughs> <laughs> my podcast is called Latina Investors. Um, so you can find us anywhere. Find us, find me anywhere that podcasts are offered. Amazing. Thank you so much, Andrea. Thank you.